0: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. I'm Kevin Sidik Lim, the host of Convert Central, and I'd like to welcome you to Season Three of Convert Central. Our podcast focuses on the challenges that Muslim converts face along their conversion journey to help Muslims from all backgrounds to find a strong foothold in Islam. Follow our Instagram and LinkedIn page at Convert Centra and I look forward to sharing with you all the beneficial series we planned for the year. For now, I'd like to welcome you to Season Three of Convert Central. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah um in the previous episode we've had uh sis Sarah Maram um share her convert story with us. And it's actually been a very, very nice discussion. It's been a while since we did a convert sharing. And um alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to get her convert uh, story on our podcast and, and discuss all the relevant topics. So we've discussed a little bit about her background, coming from Estonia, coming to Singapore, and what were the things that attracted her to Islam. So this episode we'll fo- focusing a little bit on post-conversion and uh, a big part of what she faced is 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 you know related to her family. So we'll discuss that a little bit. And uh yeah I guess we we'll, we we'll, we'll jump right into the discussion. So I'll just First, like to ask his uh, Sarah Mariam, um, when you first took your shahada, or when you first were uh, you were trying to learn about Islam, how did you communicate with your family uh, about your choice, and did they take it well?
1: Assalamualaikum. Um, okay, when I converted to Islam, actually, I called my mom. I think uh, next day probably, uh, to let her know that you know I have chosen to change my religion and she was actually silent in the beginning and then she asked me so what does it actually mean i said um actually it doesn't mean anything for you because i'm still your daughter <laughs> and uh, but hopefully um because you know i cannot say inshallah to her uh i said hopefully uh, i will be better daughter in the future and uh, i hope that through islam i can you know portray you that uh, islam is um is making me a better person and and it's a uh, you know very pu- peaceful religion and uh, and yeah and then then her next question was like okay uh, i hope you're not oh, it wasn't really rather a question but rather a statement that uh, i hope you you're not going to wear a headscarf so that was something that i didn't really expect her to say but uh i was um i was kind of sneaky I was trying to get away with the, with answering this so uh, I gave her a very vague statement saying like yeah I will see what future brings and then um, she didn't tell me first anything about you know speaking with her father I think it was only a few days later or sometime she was telling me that I think it's better you're not telling the father because um, my father is a bit of a tough character and Unfortunately, he's one of those persons who really believes what media is saying. And he's watching a lot of news. And unfortunately, the news, uh, especially in Estonia, and I think nowadays it's everywhere. But, you know, if we are going four or five years back, um, it was a bit lesser. But um, there were a lot of terrorist attacks, attacks in uh, in Europe. And, you know, they, they all say that, you know, Islam is terrorist and extremism and... Uh, and very backward religion, etc. So all the bad stuff about Islam, and he of course believes that this is the truth without you know doing his own research. And um, even though we are we are Christian, we I mean, I I mean I was also uh, you know, but we we were never practicing um, Lutheran Christians. So it was more like a, just something that we did, you know, like a culture or tradition. But we never really follow any religion, so I think his understanding about religion itself is very limited and he just believes, you know, what is in media. So I I told my mom, okay, I I of course have to respect the decision because you are the one who is living with him and I'm so far away, you know, Uh, even if let's say my father will be very angry with me or something. Uh, or says that you know you're no longer my daughter. Or something. Of course, it would be very painful for me inside my heart. But uh, it's in a way easier because I'm already here. I'm already away from family. You know. But of course, it's never easy. So, but she is the one who's you know on a daily basis with him, and you know you never know what can happen, right? And another thing that can possibly happen is that some health issue what if the news is so shocking to him that he will get a heart attack so this will also go you know against you know islamic teachings i shouldn't cause any harm to my family with, with whatever decision i have made uh, uh of course unless it's like i mean uh, when 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 parents you know asking you to do something that will be diso- disobeying allah of course we can dis- disobey our parents but we shouldn't harm them we should always try to resolve all the matters you know with a respectful manner if they will tell me that oh you cannot pray at home, of course then I can go and find some other place where I can still do my prayers or just do secretly at home so there's always a solution, but uh, certain things it may take a little bit more time like in my case i i'm I'm praying to God to open up my my father's heart so that at least I can reach that stage to let him know that I'm Muslim. That I don't have to uh, hide my identity mm. when uh, going back to Estonia, for example. Mm. So I think I'm I'm very blessed to be in Singapore because uh, I can uh, I can practice my religion very freely here, and I can really uh, enjoy that. You know, I'm Muslim. I don't have to worry about you know how to pray, where to pray what to eat, you know, it's everything very simple here. But if, if I would go back to Estonia, it will be um, one of the challenges.
0: Mm. I think one a very good point about how religion should be making it easy for us to practice and for us not to make it difficult for ourselves to practice if you're in a very sticky situation. So, for example, um, pertaining to your situation, right? Of course, when we take the Shahada, we must practice. And we must um practice in the best way possible, observe the obligatory and, and, and stay away from things that are not supposed we are not supposed to do, right? But when it comes to telling our parents whether we are Muslim or not, this this, this is not a matter of obligatory. So yep. you know, when when we stress ourselves out with the fact that we want to tell parents at the get-go and like, that we are Muslim, it makes it difficult for ourselves and for them, you know. So and and to many aspects as well, when we want to um you know, we want to make sure that we um we, we, we hit a certain criteria for ourselves too quickly when we come into Islam It's something that might cause us to you know feel a lot of stress when it comes to religion. So one thing about religion is that it's always it's always, always a marathon. It's not it's never a sprint where we get you cross the first four hundred meter mark and then and then we, and then the race is done. But it's it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a long marathon. It's a lifelong marathon that we're running, you know. And it's it's a marathon that you want to finish strong. It's not a marathon that you want to finish weak and then um and then you cross the line and, and, and you have no energy left. It's something that you want to finish strong. And 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 as as time passes, you want to get stronger and stronger. So this is how um Muslims we ramp up our 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 acts of worship and and change our lives in, in slow measured steps that are consistent. And and these are the deeds that are most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in which the, the most beloved of deeds are the deeds are small but consistent. Let's just jump back to um your situation and I mean you you. I think just now you mentioned that when you first told your mom she was okay with it she was I think mm-hmm. she supported the decision why, why do you think like that was the case was it because like you communicated to her nicely or in a way that was of very good mannerism or do you think that um, Islam itself um, she had a you know quite a uh, good understanding of what Islam was was she not worried like for you as a? Uh, because we mentioned in back in Estonia, like the perception of Muslims is that they are backward, and and as such, right, in the previous podcast. So, but was she not worried that you know you will fit into that kind of uh demographic after you become Muslim? Was there any objections?
1: That, that's a good question. Uh, I think it's because of my relationship with my mother. Uh, she has always trusted my decisions. That uh, you know, I always do my due diligence before you know making any any big decisions i don't you know just jump into something uh and especially if it's something so big as a religion uh so i think she trusted me that you know i have done my research that it's really good for me so she's not really you know stopping me from uh uh from doing things even coming to singapore Actually, I remember many years ago, she was telling me that, you know, if you find that Estonia is not a place for you, you want to go somewhere else, please, you know, word is open, but just don't go Whoa. too far. And then I came to <laughs> Singapore, which is like 10,000 kilometers away. And, you know, when when I when I actually first, uh, when I, I mean, when I co- came here and uh, considering my my situation that I actually didn't have a job first. So I, I, I kind of came to try my luck. and uh, But of course, it was all God's plan. So that's why, I, I don't know, I had some confidence in my heart. And somehow I managed to convince my mom that everything is going to work out well. So I had to, of course, explain her that what's my plan B if, you know, Singapore fails, well, what I'm going to do. So my plan yeah. B was to go to, go to Australia. And um, because I was still, you know, less than 30, so I can go for the work and holiday visa. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of Estonians are there doing the doing the same thing. So I was like, okay, this is my plan B, you know, if Singapore doesn't work out.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah. and she I was actually so surprised that she was like, uh yeah, please, go ahead, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's where I felt like she's actually trusting me, even though sometimes I even don't know the answers, you know, what's gonna happen yeah. or you know, how things are gonna work out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and this support like uh from her gave me the confidence, and that's where, I mean, of course, the way how I, I told her, I think that also mattered.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but yeah, that's why I said, uh, my mom and dad—they are very different characters. So mm-hmm. I knew that I have to start from my mom. Because if I would tell my dad, I wouldn't know what will be the, the reaction.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and, and and my sisters. Oh, sorry. Please, please go ahead.
1: I, I have two sisters also, right? <laughs> so. Uh, my sisters were actually my elder sister she was like asking me questions like why why you did that
2: yeah
1: and uh, then other one was like uh, just listening to me and she was like okay cool you know she, uh, and I was like okay that was not the answer I was expecting <laughs> but <laughs> you know they they were okay even though my elder sister yeah she was asking questions like why you did mm-hmm. that but uh, but in the end uh, they have been supporting and and I can see that, you know, they still treat me as I was before, they are not like, you know, taking me, oh, you're, now you're a different person, I'm still mm. their sister. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And alhamdulillah, um, so, I'm happy to hear that the rest of the family, they have, they have been very supportive and, and I think most of the time people may not agree on a get-go that you becoming Muslim. Uh, not because they don't trust you, but rather you know maybe of their perception of 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 religion. Mm. But it's it's always so heartwarming to know that like we receive support from family members, and yes. I think it's in, it's important. Like when we have the support of family members, it, it makes it gives us a peace of mind to continue pursuing what we want to do. And I think sometimes someone comes to Islam, and they they might they might consider becoming a Muslim, but they they are afraid to do so because they don't think that it's normal. They don't think that their family would understand what they are. They, 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 they are doing right and they, they think that the family would think that they are doing something foolish and this is the reason why they don't want to come to islam especially um we, we see some families around us where uh, families very rooted in a, in, a, in a different culture or religion and then they, they want to leave it come to islam i think your story your experience shows them that it's, it's, it's not the case like most of the time like when you know there, there, there is a that is you, you know, a living, walking example of, of communicating well and, and, you know, allowing your mother to trust that you are making the right decision for yourself. You've done the correct research. You know, you're making a decision which you think would bring your life to a better place. You know, and, and you know, what we try to do as Central is also we try to cover as many uh, stories, like your your own stories as possible so that we can normalize the fact that, you know, this is what people are doing. You know, intelligent mm-hmm. people who have done their research are coming to Islam and this is not something that, that that's out of the norm, you know. They are these are normal people, everyday people, just like you and I. And and we come into Islam because we think that it's better for us. So you know, exactly. right? Exactly. So you know, look look beyond. You know, look at some stories of converts, and you start to see that there are people like yourself, you know, out there that have taken their shahada. It's not something that is out of the norm, especially not now Islam being the fastest growing religion in the world. So, uh thank you for sharing that ex- that experience and and. I love how your family has uh, you know, reacted to it. You know, I think probably an Asian perception of how the Europe, yeah, European countries are. Estonia is a, Estonia is a European country, right, if I'm not wrong. Yes. Is it, right? Yes, yes. I, I think they're much more open than, uh, you know, um, what we have in Singapore, generally much more open, especially when it comes to bigger matters. So I'm, I'm happy that, you know, um, and I wanted to point out that when see Sara Maram said, um, it's, it's like 10,000 kilometers away from, from Estonia, Normally we use that as like an expression, like as like a figurative expression, but she means it literally. <laughs> as literally nine thousand two hundred kilometers away from Singapore, so that's just a nice, very fun fact that I wanted to share. All right, so okay, going back to you know um, your family um, in the discussion about your family, I wanted to um talk a little bit about you know how you view your situation with your father, right? So, um the the fact of the matter is that like there are some your mom has asked you not to tell your father and
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, for yourself you have reasons why not to tell him because you mentioned that he might react to adversely affecting his health but at the same time you also have your um, religious obligations that you want to you want to uphold you have to uphold and Mm -hmm. you don't want to live like a double life in front of your father it just feels very unnatural so like how do you think like you're gonna deal with it this is a big challenge right and like I'm sure you've been dealing with it in, in terms of like virtual communications with your family. How do you think you're, you're going to do with it moving forward? And like, have you learned any like have you, any lessons learned in, 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 in the midst of dealing with this particular challenge?
1: I think one of the biggest lessons I have learned is that trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I mean it literally because, you know, this question have been in my mind. How am I going to deal with this? uh it, since since I started to learn about Islam, which is basically three years ago, okay? And um, until today, I don't have, you know, uh, like, short answer for this. Or actually, I do have, trust, uh, trust Allah subhanahu wa is ta'ala is the short answer. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I feel like the things will eventually work out. And mm-hmm. I have, you know, I used to be a person who really plans everything. Okay, if I'm going there, I need to do this, this, and this. I need to take these clothes and I need to, you know, wear this, that, blah, blah. Then I realized, we cannot plan like this. We plan, but Allah also plans. And Allah's plan is always better.
2: Hmm.
1: And what what uh, what I have learned, especially within this one and a half year, you know, when COVID started, is that there is so little that we can actually do and control. Everything is, basically everything is beyond our control. We have to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I was thinking, okay, next time I'm going to Estonia, What am I going to do? How am I going to, you know, resolve this issue, you know, especially now that I'm wearing hijab, uh, what am I going to do? Actually, I still don't know. Except that if I'm going uh, during winter time, I think the problem is resolved. But but Alhamdulillah, Covid came, I'm going to go back. Even though, of course, I want to go back, but it gives me more time to prepare. It gives me more time to um, make dua for my father. It gives me more time to get mentally ready for whatever happens Mm. to become stronger in my faith. Correct. So I'm trying to see this really from different angle that, okay, yes, of course I want to go back. There is a question, number one, okay, how am I going to do it? But now I cannot even go back. So uh, it's the time to prepare and And one of the solutions, as I said uh is really what I have been thinking is is probably the easiest is uh to go back during winter time when yep. it's colder anyway, I have to cover up because uh, I think my tolerance for the weather has also dropped a lot because uh, <laughs> it's so nice and warm here yep. and especially especially now when I'm also covering up in this heat
2: yeah. You know, <laughs>
1: It's uh I think it's even worse in that sense that if I'm going back I don't think I can tolerate the temperature below 20 plus 20 yeah I used to go for skiing minus 30 degrees
2: Yeah
1: Of course I was wearing triple layer <laughs> but still I was you know I was outside minus 30 degrees doing cross country skiing and now mm-hmm. I think uh if it's if I see snow uh it, it would be tough and I love cross-country skiing but I'm really thinking that this is probably the the solution and then just recently I asked from my boss uh, what he thinks when we can finally travel and then he said oh maybe you can go December or early next year mm. so it, 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 falls, it falls to the winter time so that's why I'm like okay don't think too much trust Allah things mm. will work out mm. and and I think uh, of course we still need to plan but mm. uh, as of now, what I'm thinking, I'm trying to plan it that way that I'm going in the winter time. I don't have so much problem with the wearing a hijab mm-hmm. because at, at home anyway, uh, because there are family members, I'm mm-hmm. not obliged to cover my hair. Yeah. So it's not really so obvious. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to prayers, that one, I can just do it in my room. I don't think this is a major issue. Mm-hmm uh and alhamdulillah you know Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so generous when we are traveling we can you know uh combine prayers shorten them so he's really making actually things very easy for us mm. we just need to follow his guidance and food wise well my parents have always been um uh, supportive if you know people don't drink alcohol so i think that one yeah. they like mm. uh and not eating pork i think uh, they don't really mind if I just tell them that, you know, it's something that I don't like. They they actually understand because they also have their own things that they don't like, you know. So yeah. I don't have to tell them uh, it's because of religion. Just I don't eat pork anymore. It's not good for my health. And mm-hmm. they accept this. So Alhamdulillah, there are certain things that I feel like they're really making the whole situation easier.
2: Rashallah. But
1: uh, but yeah, I, I, I still hope that one day uh, at least I can tell my father who I really am Mm. that his perception about Islam will change. Mm. And uh, this may be too much to hope for, but uh, of course, inside my heart I hope that one day they will step into Islam.
0: And um, I really admire um, and respect the, the way that you're able to see the situation, even though it's kind of overwhelmingly tough for you, you know, when it comes to grappling with how you can practice from your own family and all, and it's, it's and it's, alhamdulillah, I'm very happy that you know, COVID has extended the timeline. It's been, uh, it's been, it's probably been tough on many people for, for, um, for COVID, and, but at the same time, it, it brought many ease. Many converts who came into Convert center and shared their stories, and they realized that it also brought a lot of ease to them uh, in, in other aspects of their life. And you brought a good point about trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and also a good point about you know, we have to do our preparation. Uh, in, it was termed in the narration of the Prophet that we have to tie the camel, and then we can put our trust in Allah. Meaning, we have to do our preparations and then we put uh, our excess anxiety, our excess fear into Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because, and, and, and just a moderating point, you know, because sometimes for, for us, we find it difficult, like, especially when we first come into Islam, when we're trying to understand Islam, we've never really tried to put our trust in the external party. We trust in our own abilities, we trust in our own preparation. But you know, just as a moderating point, maybe something that if I can share this, you know, as a reminder for myself, and, and then hopefully, you know, others can benefit. Why why can we trust Allah? It's because we, we think that, um we, we know that there are amazing people in the history of Islam. Not just in, in, in the history of Islam, we share many prophets with, with different cultures and religions. Prophet, Ibrahim was thrown into the fire. Prophet, are you... Uh, job had to endure years of having disease on his skin that covered his whole body. Mm. Um, mm. Nabi Musa, uh, Prophet M- Moses had to bear being separated with his mother, lead the Israelis, part the Red Sea, and, and of course Prophet Muhammad, sallam, which the most one uh, the most emotional and most uplifting stories about his life is when he went to Ta'if and he was stoned and he was bleeding from his whole body and his juba was red, stoned by children who chased him for up to some narrations, up to three kilometers. All these people did. All these people did. And and being Musa Musa spitting the Red Sea or the fire becoming cool for Ibrahim, it was not because they were powerful people, but it was Mm. because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was there to help them. And just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is their God, he has not changed. He's still our God. He is your God. He is my God. You know, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is the same throughout time. So it is not true. They are, they are. It's not because they have the power to make all these miracles. It is because they put their trust in Allah, and Allah has the power to make these miracles. So for whatever problems that we we have in our lives, you know. Um, he can solve them and if Allah can speed the red sea for for Nabi Musa, he can solve our problems. You know, we, we don't have a sea or we don't have an ocean that we, we're asking Allah to speed. You know, so Allah can okay. definitely uh you know solve our solve our issues and, and, and resolve a lot of the challenges that we have. So trust Allah that's one right and I w- I really wanted to go into um your hijab story but we also have a uh you know, women's series coming up, so we can cover that as well. So, but at, at this point of time in the podcast, I, I I just want to end off the podcast um by asking one last question. Or maybe mm-hmm. getting you to share about one last thing, right? And if inshallah, um, your dad gets to listen to this podcast, uh, we don't know which part of time he gets to, but if he does listen to this podcast and the previous podcast about your common story, you have the opportunity to say something you want to him, Um, be it about your conversion, what you've been going through in the past few years and maybe you know tell him how beautiful islam is like, what what would you want to say about uh what would you want to say to your father if he could hear you right now uh
1: okay if he will listen to this uh, he need yeah. a translator
2: <laughs> because
1: he doesn't speak english <laughs> but but uh if one thing to tell to my father is that actually i would just let's say if he would say that you know, he don't accept this. I will tell him, give me uh, three months, six months, observe me, observe my behavior, observe my c- character, mannerism, and then let's talk again. Because I really think, and I really believe that our mannerism and characteristic and the way how we treat other people is, is showing what a true Islam actually is. So... I think it's something that I will tell the others as well who are, ch- who are having challenges with their maybe parents, you know, or some other people, but who are near to them so that they can really observe the the uh, them, you know, uh, because for my father, it will be a bit difficult because I'm here, right? We have such a distance. But if I would be near to him, I would really tell him, just observe me for, for a certain period of time and then tell me, who do you see? Do
2: you see terrorists there or not? Um I'd like to take a moment uh, for all listeners
0: to keep um Sisara Mariam and her family to us that uh her family gains tafi and Hidayah and you know her, her challenge and her task is east when it comes to communicating Islam to her family, and eventually her her family comes into Islam and uh, her family is practicing together. I think that's the be one of the biggest All things running. that our converts will one. So um thank you C Sarah Maro, for coming up today to share your convert story with us, to share your thank challenges you with us. Today. Alhamdulillah, it's our pleasure. And thank you for opening up to us. Um, this is something that we are, we never take for granted as convert central and 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 we really appreciate each and every one of, of you guys and especially you today um to come up and share your story. So I'd like to you know um really show my gratitude to you. So right now Alhamdulillah. um Alhamdulillah um, uh, if uh, I, if I
1: just may say, a few you yes, words. please, please, please. Uh, yeah. first of all, a really huge thanks for you and for your team for inviting me and to uh, giving me a chance to share my story. And I really hope that it will benefit. If it benefits at least one person, I'm already happy. But of course, the more the better.
2: Yeah. And
1: um, and uh, all the goodness is uh, from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And if there is anything that I might have said uh, wrong or have somehow been offensive to anyone uh this is for myself and i'm seeking for everybody's forgiveness for this and uh, of course if anyone would like to be in touch with me or you know um to learn more about me uh they may contact Conrad central so mm. perhaps you know i can uh, help them if they have any any yep. matters that they where they find they find that i might be helpful for them you know mm-hmm. to resolve matters whether it's the family or hijab or other issues yeah always happy to help
0: alhamdulillah and likewise for ourselves um any good is from allah and and all the bads and our shortcomings we ask for your forgiveness as as always um we would love to link you guys up with sister Marum. if you think that you would like to seek something advice from her or any of our speakers that have been on commerce central they're always very happy to help and you know it's it's when, when we help you is we're actually helping more of ourselves so do, do not feel afraid to, to come and ask us for, for assistance. And we're just like you, we're all struggling, we have our own challenges. So we're happy to help, always happy to help. So thank you. And I uh, hope to see you up here in, in, in due time with CIS uh, Marilyn. Uh, maybe we could have a, you know, uh, what's that called? A series about sisterhood. We've seen several groups popping up in the past few years. Uh, you know, uh, also community uh, initiatives. So I think it's something that has been budding for for a while. And now we have the resources to do it. So I think Taruk Akam also has a, a European MNC. So any, mm-hmm. but, but essentially it's, it's a non, if you're not, if you're not Chinese, if you're not an Indian, if you're not a uh, uh, Filipino, you belong in that European group. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think they have put uh, all the Europeans, Americans and Australians there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you were ever like to, you know, find a community for yourself, um, I think they will always help open yeah, to, to, to assimilate you into their community. And, you know, a is always a good place also to find resources. So many place, places for us to seek help, to find friends, especially in these times of COVID where we are limited to very little interaction opportunities. Come on to social media and we will help you to find someone that, you know, you'll be comfortable with talking to. So thank you, Sisara Sarah Manu, for coming up again. and we'll yeah, end Thank this, you so much. Thank you. It's our pleasure. We will end this um podcast by exciting Tasbikha Farah and to us. Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wal as'inna al-yumsana fi khus illal ladina amanu wa amilus salihati wa tawassaw bil sabr.